Welcome to the Arena Deckless Podcast. I'm Jerry Thompson, joined by Brian Gottlieb. And holy shit, Brian, we have an episode. Okay. I was not anticipating that level of excitement, but I kind of get it. You've been you've been theoretically handed the keys to the Castle Vantress, and you get to make some decisions. Dude. Dude. Too early for Castle Vantress talk? Uh, I mean, we'll get to things that are far more upsetting, I'm sure. So okay. I, I should... The Castle Vantress Barb may just like ease me into it. Nice, yeah. It's, it's going to be this is going to be a testy one, I think, but uh, all in good fun. And also, as we work through this this topic, understand that we have no influence. No one cares what we think, and that's all you're getting here is some opinions from us. Gerald, tell them what we were talking about this week. We're going to talk for probably a pretty long time about many of the various formats in Magic the Gathering, and we're just going to talk about the the B&R lists. I think in most cases it's the band list, but uh, restricted lists are going to come up today, I think, a little bit. A little bit, a little bit, yeah. So I think for the first time ever, in an official capacity, we're going to talk about Commander on the podcast. Yeah, it's certainly gotten a passing mention, but we are looking to be pretty thorough. I don't know if we'll get to every format, but let's kick things off with our discussion as the devout commander players that we are of the commander band list. And I should say, I am all for commander. I love that it exists. I love that it is the most highly played form of magic. I have absolutely nothing against it. I've just never played it. And that's not like a, I think sometimes people see that as an indictment. I have, I have no ill will towards commander. I think it's great. I've played somewhere around 10 games in my lifetime. That's more than I would have expected. Yeah. It's like some of it was, Back in the early days, doing uh, like gunslinging at pre-releases okay. for various folks. And, you know, someone walks up with like two commander decks and they're like, I want to play, you know, this format or whatever. And it's just like, I'm just a body, you know, I'm a body. I'm here to entertain you. I will dance for you. Sure. Whatever. You got two decks. Let's go. Sometimes people would like loan me a deck in those situations also. And... I played some games with like the pre-cons and stuff. And I look at lists occasionally, like very, very occasionally when I'm like, you know, does is this card busted in Commander? And I'm like curious what people are doing. Okay. That's a good level of involvement. My my own is just what I see secondhand, what I hear secondhand. So again, don't take my opinion too seriously. This is just one man's thoughts on the topic. I don't even know where to begin with this because there are already different factions of commander that are kind of like splitting off, you know, like competitive EDH is a thing, right? And there's like the rule zero pregame talk about what power level your deck is. And you try and get people to basically be on like the same page for like what's allowed and what's not allowed. And, I think that that is cool, but holy hell, wouldn't it be easier if you just had three different ban lists or whatever? You could. You could You could go to the extent of uh, hyper-management of the format. I don't think that's what the experience is about, though. I, th- I, I think know. it is, is supposed to offer something for everyone. And as much as like rule zero stuff would dissuade me from participating in the format, I think, I think it works for just as many people as it would dissuade. I mean, probably more. Quite frankly, probably well, probably more, but only because like you know, three ban list doesn't exist, right? So right, you know, it's like they they show up with like a, a four, six, and an eight or whatever, no matter what they're going to get to play, but like maybe not with the thing that they wanted to, right? Like what what if you had to show up for a tournament 
with like a standard modern and legacy deck. And then they flipped a coin or whatever to decide what format you're playing that day. It's like, it's super weird. It's different for sure. And it's sort of what you sign up for though, when you become an aficionado of the format, like you, you need to have willing participants. And it's one of the reasons why I think possibly the coolest mode of commander is like the pre-con stuff. I think that's probably an extremely cool way to experience it. Extremely flavorful way, but obviously so much of magic is in the personalization, right? So yeah, I was going to say that it's just like, yeah, you, you want the person to be able to play a thing that, you know, they, they identify with and appreciate everything. So, yep. Uh, some of that comes through in the the precons for sure, but yeah. not not all the time. Yep. So where does that leave you, Gerald? What what are your moves here? Do you have specific moves for the commander uh, ban list? <laughs> ban soul ring. I don't know. Like, I I think that there there are arguments both like for and against soul rings existence in the format. I think the ones that are like oh you know clearly creates like a target is just like whatever. You know, that's not a good reason. Like literally, you know, the first person who gets ahead is a target. It's not like you need soul ring to induce that or whatever. And just going through, you know, this, the stuff that's on the ban list, the things that they're trying to discourage, it's just like soul ring is clearly a huge offender. I know that for some like brainstorm and legacy, for example, it's like a big part of the identity of the format, but now it's not like, you know, a hundred judges playing against their friends or whatever. And they, they wanted to cast soul rings and, uh, cast like Nicol Bolas or whatever. It's it's much bigger than that now, and I don't necessarily think that the Soul Ring thing is as big a part of the format or like the identity of the format as it was previous. Like things have to change. Things do evolve over time, and uh, I think that my suggestion for the Commander Ban list is accounting for that. And boy, is it the exact opposite of what you want to do. I would unban the Power Nine. And commander that would be the move i would make and here's why because you have a set of p9 and you want to be a millionaire uh, that would be nice but ultimately these considerations of like the optimal card in your deck there's there's always a ludicrously expensive option now you can't fix that with the reserve list so if you're an artifact commander deck you should have uh, misha's workshop right and you should spend eight thousand dollars on that and if you're any green creature commander deck you should almost certainly have a gaia's cradle and spend thousands of dollars on that and certainly were power to be made legal in commander the prices would get out of control very quickly but you already have all this like idea setting prior to a game you have this rule zero stuff and to me you want some sort of museum for your game something that is designed to capture all of it Vintage, baby! Right, and that doesn't work. (laughs) Like, when was the last time you saw a game of vintage being played? It's an oddity. Whereas Magic Online, all the time. Right. Whereas... Where where the 13-year-olds win all the challenges. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they they are much better than all of us. But the reality is that these cards are being locked in vaults and not seen use. And I will tell you that, me personally, if I were able to use these cards in this scenario, it makes it far more likely that I play Commander. I think the experience of someone newer to the game getting to play against those cards will outweigh the, oh my god, my opponent played a Mox on turn one and got you know one mana ahead when Soul Ring exists. Like it, it's right there, and there's so many things that exist in the format that do the exact same trick. And yes, those games will be. Tilted in favor of the person who does those things, just like games are tilted in favor 
of the person who starts on Sol Ring, and you use the politics of the game to sort it all out. So to me, it just makes sense to be as inclusive as possible, to have as much legal in the format as possible when you have to go through all this expectation setting anyway. There's no way around it at this point. It just is what it is. It's part of the DNA of Commander. To get a play experience that you want to have, you have to sort of deal with this stuff. So just open it up to almost everything, anything that isn't that falls short of griefing. And I don't believe that like I've accelerated my mana a little bit can ever truly be griefing things like asking me to like cite the commander bandless's trouble biorhythm, I guess, like just bizarre effects that essentially change what the game is all about. Sure. I could see if you want to dissuade stuff like that warp world type scenarios. If that's not what you're here for, cool. That is the type of rules decision. I would ask the commander for, what is it? Committee? Do they have? I don't. I don't know how commander decisions are made. Whoever makes those decisions, that's the type of things I would ask them to consider. But in terms of just like raw power level, let it go. Like let this stuff be part of the museum of the game, and I, I think you get more interest that way. I think it's an exciting experience for the people involved, and I, I think it enhances far more games than it impedes. Is my guess. All right. So back in the day, we'll say an acquaintance of mine would joke around with his friends about. Uh, acquiring some judge outfits and going to something like Vintage Champs at Gen Con and finding out who had the most expensive decks in the room and then running a fake deck check on people and just walking off with their decks. And it got to the point where, you know, it was a thing that would come up, they would joke about it, they'd laugh, ha-ha. Then, you know, people started, like, acquiring the judge uniforms, just it's like, oh, you know, just in case we, we decide to do it or whatever. And it's like, they, they didn't do it. I don't think they ever like planned on doing it, but it's like there, there are things like that that exist. And I definitely do not want to get to the point where people have to be hypervigilant because you have like a $5,000 card in your deck. And it's, you're right. Things are getting there. It is, it is close, but like the more you can cut down on that, the better, I mean, I, I'm, I'm fine with people playing with proxies, especially for stuff that just like $8,000 Mishra's Workshop or whatever. It's like, screw that, you know? Like, why are you putting that in your deck and like shuffling it and whatever? Like, it's just a bad idea for a lot of reasons. Uh, so if you want to say that like these, are, these cards are part of Magic's history and you should be able to play with them in more formats and this is the thing that is like the greatest museum of magic's history, which I, I basically agree with then sure. But I don't know. It's it, then it's kind of weird for people to like, you know, play with like proxy mock Sapphire. Like, does that achieve the goal that you're talking about where you're able to play with these things from magic's past? And I think it doesn't, but I would much rather see folks play with proxies, even if it's just like, you know, you need to prove that you own the mock Sapphire or whatever. I don't care, whatever whatever you decide to do. But I think it's fine. Like I'm like, you know, trying to move the format more towards where you're like a six, seven, eight power level instead of like a 12. And you're just like, whatever, do, you know, 12s, but figure it out pregame. And I I think that that's also pretty reasonable. It's just, I'm worried about like, you know, people's decks getting stolen and them being out thousands of dollars. And obviously it, it hurts already when that happens, right? But it's going to hurt even more when that's like a house down payment or whatever. I don't think you're at all wrong, but essentially the amount of dollars you put into your commander deck is already completely at your discretion. 
It, it, yes it, and it's no, no because, because there's a cap, right? It's like you you can get your deck to like $10,000, but when you're just like, okay, the moxes are legal, or just like all the power nine is legal, and you know the price of those cards is going to go up by a significant amount, right? Then people are just like, well, I have a $100,000 deck now. It's like now the ceiling is completely lifted. Like I think it, you I think you could do that now. I, I mean, if you really wanted to go about finding the most expensive possible deck that you could make in the commander format, you could hunt down Judge beta, Foil, yeah, Gaius Cradles. Beta and, Duels, whatever. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's you can put, and, and you are right that the theoretical ceiling would increase. But if you're exposing yourself to $100,000 worth of risk in your commander deck now, that's not really meaningfully different than exposing to yourself of $300,000 worth of risk in your commander deck. It's just not. Like, if you are willing to take that level of risk, then yes there's no, something bigger going on. So, you know, you, there's like bankroll management, right? People don't follow that in Magic. That is not taught in Magic. It's it's often like people's Magic decks are worth more than what they have in their bank account. So I kind of disagree with that. And with, with the ceiling thing, it's like maybe you have like a thousand or two thousand dollar commander deck, but now you're kind of incentivized to pick up a couple moxes, even though you're using the cheapest version of stuff, you're still like 10xing the cost of your deck just with like one or two cards cheapest version is a proxy and if, if that's the issue to play commander proxy away you know how yes, i feel about it yeah and like some people allow that but like other people won't and yeah you're just leaving it all up to like the pregame discussion or whatever yeah, I, that, I, I get that, that's you're already there i mean i don't if you want to fight against that you have some bigger changes to make and then it has to be things like what you're talking about you really have to go through the format with a fine-tooth comb and figure out what is off the rails as far as power level. And there's no question that some of the things that are present and some of the things that aren't present aren't really hitting the mark as far as that goes. Like there's yeah. there's no reason for like Time Twister, Wheel of Fortune to be around because the power level of those effects, but they are. And that's part of the experience. And Well, they get better when you have moxes, Brian. They do. Good. They needed a little boost. Yeah, I mean, this is all very theoretical. I don't think it would ever happen. I just think it's an interesting perspective and I'm surprised that a lot of people don't really push for it. Like I, I would expect it to be a, a small contingent for sure. But to me, it, it makes sense to consider just using commander as the museum and having everything present. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're talking about people having fun playing like vintage cube and, you know, the occasional folks playing vintage and everything. And it is weird for there to not be a contingent that, that wants this, even if it's just like, yeah, we, we get to play with moxes, but we're doing like really bad stuff with it, you know, mm-hmm. just like fun stuff, not making my commander deck look like a vintage deck. Yeah. And I, I think that that's fine, but it's it gets super murky, right? It's the you can play with with Stoneforge Mystic, but only in the precon, not not with like Patter Skull and Squadronok yeah. kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, you can play with moxes, but not if you have any three mana draw sevens. I agree, but it's it's already weird like that. Like you can it play is. Wheel of Fortune so long as you're not. I don't know what combines well with Wheel of Fortune. Something ridiculous, I'm sure, where you just prevent your opponents from drawing cards and well, kind of yeah, go off. Most of those cards get banned. Yeah, so whole breacher's banned. Whole breacher is banned. Yeah, but like that was that was a newly printed card where they were like, yeah, let's add this to the format. So. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. It'll like punish the people playing draw sevens. It's like, oh no, oh no. Yep. Anyway, for Commander, you could probably tilt me in either direction and I'd be fine with it. I, I just want it to be like as simple and inclusive uh, for as many people as possible. 
I agree with that. That should be the goal of the format. And um, I am attempting to do that. I know that sounds weird what I'm saying. You can play with these $10,000 cards, but I just think like everything should be everything should be fair game and uh it should it should the inclusiveness should come from the spirit of the community trying to make good games of magic basically. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, it's thankfully thankfully there's like 70% of the community that helps police the other 30%, so it mostly yep. works out, but and then all the other folks just go play CEDH. Yeah. Well, as long as everyone has their niche, that's fine. Yeah. And you get things sorted into the right baskets. And I think that's all good. It's just the only basket for this stuff is vintage and like old school. And those are as insular as you can get and extremely exclusionary and have, you know, for a while, proxy vintage was a thing, but it's kind of taken the other direction recently where it's just seems to be more focused on the investment than anything resembling the gameplay. So. Yeah. It's like you can only join this vintage tournament if your stuff is all beta. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is a weird thing to do, but hey, whatever, you know? Got to get your flex on. Any closing commander thoughts? No. Uh, like I said, feel free to ignore me. This is this is not my format. Y'all do what you want. Have a good time. Just my one man's take. Yeah, same. Uh, Popper. Okay, this is also not my format. But I have played Popper in the past when it was like a very so viable you, way. So they put you on the Popper committee then? I am somehow excluded from the Popper com- committee. Oh, I don't weird. know why. Weird. No, that was a good call. I liked Pauper back in the day. I think it served uh, an important on-ramp, mostly in terms of Magic Online. I think its function in the real world is... It's so messed up, though. Like, it when, is. W- no, just when, like, oh, it's all commons and uncommons, right? But they're not, like, widely distributed commons and yep. uncommons. So things are expensive. Yeah. Right. It's weird. Days, uh, days is 25 tickets, and it's, like, the, the staple and everything. It's like, come on. This is not doing the job. And Jerry, I agree with you 100%, and that is exactly what my banned and restricted proposal is designed to address. So, it, first of all, it's Magic Online's fault. They yes. Could, they could take, they could curate. They could take the, the price of any card they wanted, and you saw that happen with some cards where they just, like, release a promo, and then suddenly the economy is just flooded with like 10,000 copies of them or whatever, right? Yeah. Nexus of Fate was a $100 card on Magic Online. I also paid over $1,000 for my set of Power 9 on Magic Online, just so we're putting it all out there. Yeah, but you you sold out of Moto, right? I did, but not before the Power 9 was dramatically deflated. Yeah, yeah. They, they started at 100 and now they're maybe like 10 to 15 each or something. Last, last I, I looked, they were way less than that, but okay. I, I don't I don't keep track of it. Maybe I should play Vintage then. We could. It's it's very affordable. I'm sure our uh, our accounts would be more than willing to bear that brunt for us, and it's cheaper cheaper than modern in most instances for sure. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready for my proposal with Let's the popper format? Popper needs to be tied to the modern card set, and I mean that actually not in terms of timing. I mean the format modern. Popper should only use commons from sets that fall within it. And the reason for that is that you cannot make a good format out of Pauper as it exists right now. Like it's just a constant loop with Pauper where something else has to be banned over and over and over. And when was the last time the Pauper format was in a good state? The answer is years, maybe never, because it can't be because it takes in these influences from the commander sets and integrates, you know, Monarch and where you're playing a card advantage light format and you introduce something like Monarch, it's always going to be fundamentally warping. And you're trying to squeeze in all these cards 
that just don't have to be part of the experience. You can very much offer a format for people to enjoy, for people to deck build in, for people to find interesting that has very clear limitations. It takes away some of the murkiness surrounding what is and what is not pauper legal. It has to be printed as a common in one of the modern sets. I would include Modern Horizons in this mix. I think that's completely fine. I would include future Lord of the Rings stuff, sure. You do not include the Commander stuff in this. You don't include the Magic Online exclusive sets, like, uh, what, what were they called? Master's Edition sets, where a lot of these commons come from. It's just, it's not a realistic goal to curate a format like that. It takes so much attention. And I think the format could still be fun, exciting, and offer varied play experiences with a card pool as large as Modern's, which it's, it's really big. It's a huge card pool. You're just cutting off some of those outliers, the Lotus Petals, the Brainstorms, the Monarch cards, all those things being taken down and removing them from the format. I think you end up with something way more manageable, way more accessible. I don't think Pauper is fixable in its current state. And that's why I would make such a dramatic change. What is the goal of Pauper? In my mind, it should be an on-ramp for new players for, you know, like Magic Online, or if you want to run it on Arena, that's fine too. Yep. And if that's the case, I don't see why the card pool is so vast. Agreed. 100%. And once you're like, oh, let's play standard poppers, like, no, that's miserable. That's yep. actually miserable. You have no playables, right? So it needs to, it needs to be bigger than that. But like, yeah, all the busted zero mana stuff and like, yeah, you're you're right about the commander stuff too. Like that stuff coming in, like certainly warps it because there's there was like some attention paid to rarity on the precons when it started, but like not a ton. I think there's certainly more attention being paid to it now. But yeah, there's there's some stuff that slipped through that like kind of messed it up. But yeah, if you wanted to shrink the card pool a little bit, I would be super happy with that. As long as that is the actual goal of the format, because right now people are just like, well, it's, it's kind of like legacy, so I like it. It's like if you want if you want to play a legacy type format, but you're not like super hardcore spiky or whatever, like poppers your format. It's like that's not the format doing the job that it's supposed to, I think. Right. I, I don't think that's its intended use. In a lot of instances, a better managed legacy format would fill that niche much better, at least in terms of magic online. As far as paper goes. You can you can sell me a lot more on poppers existence in paper being a good thing than on Magic Online, but there's no real effort to actually make that happen. There's the two PTQs every... Yeah, I think there's been two ever. So the two PTQs every 27 years. Yes. So that's not what we're doing here. I think as long as this is a mostly Magic Online format, my proposal makes a lot of sense. If it was something else, I, I still hate the Commander stuff. I really do. I just don't think it is considerate enough of the space and becomes way too hard to manage. And I, I feel that way about legacy for what it's worth. Uh, yeah, that's I, fair. I think there's ways to better expand the card pool, but getting in the stuff like modern Horizons still allows you to do some very specific curating, I think pointed directly at this format. So I don't know. It, it would be an interesting approach. Uh, I think it would be miles better than where the format is now. Yeah. And it's always going to center on zero and one meta cards. Yeah, that's the nature of any large card pool. Right. And that that to me is a, a huge miss for what it could be. Like imagine if you started Arena and, you know, maybe you do the tutorial and they maybe they ask you some questions or they, they just allow you to pick 
uh, a color or something and it's like, okay, here's your pre-con popper deck. Like now you can go play. Right. Yep. And awesome. Yeah. I, I think that would be incredible. It, as long as like the format actually does teach you about what magic is about and like gives you like a kind of classic magic play experience. Right. Which this one currently doesn't cause it's like, I don't know, zero mana things versus Delver versus affinity or what it's like. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, I guess, I mean, that's sort of classic magic. Versus like, com- I mean, combo is the other, like, ridiculous combo, too. Not even, like, a reasonably grokkable combo. Just something completely off the walls, be it familiar mana reduction, looping uh, looping walls, mnemonic walls, whatever whatever it is at the moment, there's always some nonsense going on in Popper. Yeah. So I, w- I would like Popper to be that, and I don't think that is what the current crop of Popper players want it to be necessarily, but, like, the, the folks that play the format a lot, I definitely see being upset with the format of like where it is, like in its very broken state where it is just hyper centered around those sorts of things. So I do think that they want to broaden the format, but I do think that, you know, like they're playing it for a reason, right? It's like you get to play with all the old cards and stuff. So I don't know. Maybe there's like a super, super fair version of legacy that isn't necessarily like strictly popper. And that would be cool. And maybe there is just like a legit popper format that's like modern card pool or historic card pool or something that could be an on-ramping for newer players. Yeah. Speaking of on-ramping, played some of that Yu-Gi-Oh! client today. You heard about this? I've heard about it. I'm not touching it. What what is your aversion to Yu-Gi-Oh? You just don't like it as a game? Yeah, I just think it's a bad game. That has always been my experience as well. But a lot of people love it. And when that's the case, I'm not going to dismiss it out of hand. I've tried in the past to pick it up and it has not appealed to me. I will say this client, I've only played with it for a little while now. It's cool. It's smooth. It feels more accessible than my other attempts to learn Yu-Gi-Oh! And it also feels (laughs) miles better at onboarding and generosity than Magic Arena. And it's just so stark, the difference. And, And you can dust cards. It's so, so stark, the difference. And... Look, if you don't keep up with your competitors, you'll get replaced. And when I look at my feed of Magic players, and when I go over to our Discord and realize that all anyone has talked about in video games for a few hours is Yu-Gi-Oh! And I'm like, well, time to make a Yu-Gi-Oh! channel. And it's just popping off with everyone talking about the game as opposed to our standard channel, which gets like a message a month now. Uh, You know, pay attention. Take note. Uh, Do we have a Yu-Gi-Oh! channel in our thing? I just made it. Okay, good. Yes, I did. Smart. I'm glad someone's on top of that. I'm, I'm fast like that. But yeah, I've, I've enjoyed my f- little bit of time. I, I do see the flaws with you guys again, but I'm interested in learning a little bit more about it. And, uh, you know, <laughs> 50 plus messages from 11 a.m. It is currently 4 p.m. Yep. How many in standard today, by the way? <laughs> uh, it's I think it's still grayed out. OK. As in. Oh, no, there is uh, five. OK. Well, that's that's more than usual. I'm glad oh, interest is picking back up. Wait, no, it's it's Pika asking uh, if the format is super dead, and then a <laughs> okay. bunch of people and a bunch of people saying yes. Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. All right, fair enough. No, not that I was like arguing the other way around. Like, no, I no, I, I, it's just a, it's a funny contrast. That's yeah, all. yeah, it is. I mean, granted, when Arena came out, it was kind of like that too. Like everyone was sure. for it. And yeah, yeah. No, I it's it's not a one to one comparison. I don't want anyone to take it that way. It's just just crossed my mind. Yeah, I mean, if people are still playing the Yu Gi Oh client a couple months from now, then yep. it's like oh, then there's something going on. Oh, yeah. Does the client feel like so? It's good, right? Like. Mm-hmm. 
But does it feel like something that they like obviously put a bunch of money into? Because it didn't, from the screenshots I saw, it didn't look like that well, to me. Well, it's, it's interesting because they have been making video games for a very long time. Yes. First of all, it's Konami. So they're just a video game company. Second of all, there have been many, many versions of Yu-Gi-Oh! Now, the Yu-Gi-Oh! aesthetic to me feels kind of cheap. I, I'm going to get beat up by the Yu-Gi-Oh! fans for saying that. But it, it already, it, it, it doesn't have the level of polish that I would expect a multi-billion dollar brand to have. I think the client sort of mirrors that. And it's hard for me to tell whether it's like a cut corner client. Cause that's not the impression I get. Like it's, it's crisp. It runs in 4k. It's on every single platform. It's already on Xbox, PS five, uh, steam. Coming so, to mobile. Yeah. Coming to mobile. So it, it's all over the place. I, I don't get the impression that it's cut corners, but to me it does come off looking kind of cheap. And I think that's just the Yu-Gi-Oh aesthetic, honestly. Yeah. And that, that's fine. It's just like, basically all I want is, you know, it's like people say Moto looks like a spreadsheet or whatever. And it's like, that's fine. As long as I can like, read the cards and play the game. And one of the things that annoys me about most of the magic clients is just like, there's a ton of dead space because yeah. things are just like organized very poorly. Yeah. And like if arena fixed those issues or I don't know, just like allowed me to choose where like my cards would be displayed and like remove the background crap that like makes my computer overheat and stuff. I'd like, I'd be fine with it. You know, it's like, I don't need much. It's a card game, right? Like you don't, need a ton of flash and polish for it. And I think that like arena overdid that. And I think that like Terra does like good job of that mm-hmm. for whatever that's worth, where it's like, you know, the, the game looks crisp and good, but is still primarily a card game. Whereas oh, arena I, is like, Oh, we're trying to do all this stuff. And it's like, yep. but you're missing the point. I agree with you entirely. I, I play a bunch of uh, flesh and blood on tabletop simulator, which is the only way to play online. And, Tabletop simulator doesn't have a rules engine, so it's it's literally just like a virtual space, and you manipulate the cards and do all the stuff. It's apprentice or a cockatrice. Yeah, ex- exactly. With uh, way more functionality, way more graphical clarity, okay. and the ability to do basically anything you could think of. You know, move counters around very cleanly, and actually, if you want to go as far as VR, be in the 3D space. I love it. I think it's great. I mean, it actually feels now. Now, granted, if I was just trying to play a random person, you can't do that. That doesn't that doesn't work. But if I'm on a Skype call or a Discord call with someone I know and I'm playing games, I really enjoy it. I think it's actually very comparable to playing live. So, I, I tested for multiple Pro Tours on Apprentice. Me too. Me too. It was awful. I used to do that. If you try and do it without a Skype call, it is almost impossible in my experience. I yeah. think. In that scenario, I'm mostly okay with it. Yeah, that stuff, uh, as far as I know, didn't exist back then. Yep, that could be the case. Uh, I did it recently when I tested with folks from New York City for whatever the last PTI played was. We we played a lot on Apprentice and just do like Skype calls and play yeah. games. It worked fine. I was trying to think of why I didn't like phone call people, and then I remembered that my computer was taking the phone line. Uh, you also might have to pay for your minutes at that point in time. And yeah. You don't want to go over, you know? Yeah, so. yeah. For Like, I didn't have a cell phone for a while, but when I did get one at that point, it was definitely pay for minutes. Yep. And, yeah, the computer was taking up the phone line. and Yeah. Things have all gotten a little right, bit better. All right, Grandpa, let's get you, let's get you back to bed now. I know. I know. Look, man, I wasn't happy about it. I was like, oh, man, I can't wait for the day when this stuff, like, doesn't suck. Yeah. And thankfully, it, it no longer sucks. Yeah, now... Now we have a podcast. Look at us. 
utilizing our technology. Yeah, we're we're so advanced. We're not going to talk about the Yu-Gi-Oh ban list, I hope, but I don't I don't know it, so no I can't. Okay. Great. Vintage. Quick hits. Let's let's do this real quick. I I don't play much vintage these days either. The fact that Workshop and Bazaar have gotten a pass uh, it's always been weird to me. Yep. They're clearly so far above power level. They fund these two archetypes, which could exist if these cards were just restricted. And I think they would be fine. I don't think you'd invalidate people's tremendous investment. I think Dredge becomes something that is less omnipresent and more a metagame choice. As much as there is a vintage metagame, I mean, on Magic Online, there somewhat is. And I think that's completely acceptable. And workshops means that maybe you could print some artifacts again and not worry about just tearing vintage in half and slowly banning half the artifacts that get printed. So not having these two cards restricted has never made sense to me. And I think a lot of it is about like pulling off the Band-Aid, but it doesn't matter anymore. Nobody plays. So just make it a good Magic Online format. Yeah, the problem is it gets worse and worse the more you do it as far as folks like real life investment is concerned, right? And uh, may- maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe you restrict uh, workshop. And I-, I don't it- think it would affect the price one bit, actually. Yeah, I really I was, don't. I was going to say, maybe it stays the same. You know, yeah. I think that no matter what, there would be an initial dip of like people trying to sell off their stuff. Sure. But it, it, it would it probably would recover back. and eventually go up again. Like, I don't know, whatever. They've waited too long on that stuff. And it is really hurt the format but then again they are like the only two other archetypes besides like random blue stuff so i don't know it's funny to me that they're they're both like pretty miserable to play against like one is trying to just like invalidate all your cards and like moles to one to find their only card that matters and then the other one is trying to like stop you from casting any spells so yeah the the format is not great it is not as far as when it is enjoyable, it mostly is in terms of like mashing the blue stuff together. And, you know, m- maybe there is some space to target that more effectively if your entire sideboard isn't eaten up by dredge hate and artifact hate. Then you could start metagaming a little more. I-, I don't know. I don't know what the snowball effect of changes to vintage would be. But I do know, I think we've let things just kind of exist in their current state for too long. I mean, it's also possible that you could do something like restrict workshop, unrestrict Chalice of the Void, and maybe that is the pillar okay. of the format. Sure. Uh, and I, I would mostly be fine with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. But who knows? Legacy. My favorite format for years. Same. Uh, I, ju- I, I just loved Legacy. I loved everything about it. And I, I played a very specific style of deck in legacy and almost every legacy tournament i've ever played i played a brainstorm deck i actually think that you can't ban brainstorm anymore i know that's probably not what people expected because i am usually very non-traditionalist willing to pull off band-aids when it's correct this is the one instance where i i just don't think you can get away from brainstorm i think it is too legitimately core to the identity of the legacy format and I know my enjoyment would go down a bunch if you took the card away. It's certainly the best thing to be doing. It will almost always be the best thing to be doing. But it's had a partner in crime for a very long time. And that partner's Days. And I think Days has subsidized these aggressive blue decks for far too long. I like blue in the format when it does shift into a more controlling role. Some of my best times in Legacy were playing Miracles. And I, I know Sensei's Divining Top shouldn't come back, but... Those play patterns 
way more tenable to me than the days you never get to cast the spell stuff. There are I'm, there are band decks right now. I think you would like. Okay, but but I am willing to give up days at this point. I I think it just sucks too much air out of the room. And once you do that, bring back Dreadhorde Arcanist. Why are you punishing this card? I love this card. I love it specifically in Legacy, and it's solely there because it's like a thing that days subsidized really hard. So I even considered maybe Deathrite Shaman could come back if you were to go after days. And I think it would be net negative if it sort of homogenized the format too much, which Deathrite Shaman has a way of doing. So I'd probably still leave it on the ban list, at least to start with. But Arcanist, without question, if you were to target days, would come off. And I think the games would just be way more fun without days as part of the equation, especially now that there's like force of negation. So there are even more ways to interact with combo-y stuff Days is more about pressing an advantage than protecting yourself. And I don't think that should be Blue's role in the format. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the problem is, is that combo does get a lot better, right? For sure. Maybe instead of playing four dazes, yeah, you just have to like main deck some force negations and just like eat the cost. Or like, oh no, you have to play some one mana counter spells again. Like that right. would be awful. It's like. No, there's also the incarnations now. Like there's so many f- more free spells that can interact with certain things. So. Yeah, but but it comes with the cost. And sometimes, you know, that cost is a mana. And it's like, yeah, just play spell pierce, you chump. You know, like wh- why are you so upset about having to do this? And I feel the same way about Dreadhorde Arcanist and to a lesser extent Deathrite. But Dreadhorde Arcanist for sure. It's like, oh no, everyone's playing like this two mana creature that I can't be. It's like put removal spells in your deck. Yes, a, any removal spell that is theoretically playable in the format, Fatal Push, Lightning Bolt, Swords to Plowshares, all of them will clean up Dreadhorde Arcanist People very are like, cleanly. Oh, but I want to play like my removal free combo deck. It's like tough shit. You can't. That's that's the problem. Is that like in you know maybe the cost of Legacy is like everyone has one deck or whatever, and yeah, that sucks. Uh, that means that the format is less likely to be able to shift and stuff if people can't willingly change strategies. But realistically, that's what should have happened. Is like the metagame should have adapted to kill creatures and then things would change. The same thing is happening right now with Ragavan and Murktide region. People are like, oh yep. my God, Murktide region, it's so good. And it's like, not just just kill it or play a deck that invalidates creature decks. And they're like, yeah, but I can't do that with my show and tell deck or whatever. It's like, yeah, tough shit. Correct. That is correct. Yeah, that's how it works. So yeah, if uh, Legacy was like, you know, you play Ragavan or Dreadhorde Arcanist and you're trying to like lightning bolt stuff and brainstorm like force a will a thing. But now you start playing against like black green midrange decks or whatever. Good. Yep. Good. Yep. That would be incredible. And again, as those decks get more tools to play free magic, you know, things like grief, force of vigor, uh, endurance in some spots, all, all these things matter so, so much. And there is potential to open up that sort of, I mean, mid range and legacy looks weird. It's, it's often like maverick type stuff more than it is removal spells and threats, but you can get closer and closer. I don't think you can get closer and closer while days exist though. It just incentivizes you to stay too low to the ground and to invalidate literal everything your opponent does. Yeah, three mana cards are mostly unplayable when days yep. exist. So yep. I, I understand that. And then it's like, well, if they don't have days, but they're forced to play like Spell Pierce or whatever to interact with combo, then yeah, maybe, you know, green creatures are what's up. And that would be completely fine. Or at least if they have to like uh, force of negation your removal spell or combo card, like they're they're paying a much larger cost to be able to do that than they were before. 
Yes. And you, you just kind of bring everything in line with each other. What are the odds it happens? Any, Zero. Any, Zero percent. No Zero. one's ever going to go after days. I mean, what more- about like they made this pauper committee though? Why shouldn't Legacy have the same thing? I I don't understand. They're both like niche formats that people feel very strongly about. I don't, I don't trust anyone who plays Legacy. Okay. Well, pauper, you, can be, you can be the committee. Pauper like pe- people might be known for an archetype, right? But for the most part, they are pauper aficionados and have likely played with the different decks and enjoy various aspects about the different decks. Legacy would be like, all right, you get, you know, the storm person and the control person and the Delver person in the same room. And everyone is just arguing to like make their own deck better. And it's just useless. Yeah. Maybe it needs a better ecosystem behind it. And I don't see that ever happening again, given how card prices have trended. It would take a very dedicated effort to making legacy important again. Yeah. We, and, and we can't even make standard important. So I don't know. I mean, like dual lands are a million dollars, right? So similarly to vintage and everything, it's just like the format is getting worse over time because of stuff like that. And when I'm, you know, my answer is like, oh, just change decks, right? Like spend $10,000 on another deck. It's like, obviously that's not tenable and people can't do that. So like, I get it, but that's not a reason to be like, oh, Ragavan should be banned. It's like, no, it shouldn't, but whatever. You you can make an argument for days. I buy days being bannable. That sounds good to me. But realistically, it should be like the, the cost of cards or decks has to go down. And maybe that's viable on Magic Online or something, but certainly not in real life. And maybe that will help fix things. But like, it never does. People are still just like jamming Reanimator and you know, the eight blood moon deck and just like whatever deck they like. Uh, I guess not everything has to be optimized, but uh, in a, in a world where we're, it's so funny because all these arguments are for a world where like, we're trying to compete in these things. If you're not trying to compete in them, who gives a shit? Like just do whatever. But I am playing still with the mindset that I'm trying to make a good competitive format for some reason, for someone to play. I don't know who, I don't know who's theoretically playing this format, but uh, I, I would like it to exist. So to some extent, these these formats that have been around for a very long time and have their established player bases and like the retention is usually pretty good, but acquisition is super low. Yep. I think that you do have to kind of make concessions to cater to that player base. And that's what that's what brainstorm is to me. I mean exactly. that's that's the card, clearly. So I, I agree with that. And uh, if I were going to make Legacy a quote-unquote good format, there are a lot of things that would have to change, including like cards getting reprinted or whatever. But hmm. if you are just like, oh, we just have to listen to the Legacy player base, then it's like, fine, do whatever they want. They want you to ban Ragavan and mail everyone four foil brainstorms or whatever. <laughs> just do that. Who cares? Yeah, that's an interesting solution. Like, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. It's not what's good for the format, but now we're not optimizing for what is good for the format, right? We're optimizing for retention. And yeah, and, and I, I, I guess that's fine. I guess like if you don't actually want to make those kind of investments, if your goal is to optimize for retention, you're way better off just doing nothing, right? Just don't touch anything. Because that'll give the torches reason to be grabbed and reason for people to leave in large numbers, just just let things keep the status quo. And I think that's what we've seen with Legacy, quite frankly. There's, there's just been a lot. I keep using the term rot on the vine lately. I don't know when that got its way into my lexicon, but uh, it's just a feeling I have about so many of these when, formats. that they're When being you left started living rot. on a farm. 
I, I do have grapes at my house and uh, they're very good. They're Concord grapes, but I didn't really understand how to take care of them this year. So they got like a little bit overgrown. I didn't know when exactly to harvest them. So most of my eating would just be like I was riding by on my, my lawn tractor and I would grab a grape as I passed by. Yeah. They were delicious. Um, but I hope this year I have a more focused, high quality grape crop. I've trimmed back the vines. I, I watched the YouTube videos. I know what to do. Hopefully it's a good grape year. No more rot on the vine, buddy. No, I'm done with rot 2022. On the vine. No <laughs> right. rot. That's that's our uh our motto for the year. Yeah. Legacy, vintage, like all these formats so far, I've just been like whatever. Cause it it like I'm not part of that group of, you know, really entrenched players of that for- format. So like I can make my arguments for what to do to like make the format better or appease the player base, but it's just like, I don't know, someone's going to make a decision and then they're going to do it. And like, maybe it works out well, maybe it doesn't, who knows. So you're saying you've stored up all your hottest takes for these next three formats we're going to talk about. Uh, Pioneer is the next one. And uh, I'm, I'm not super invested in Pioneer. If it comes to arena and they make a push for, it to be a thing that magic players have to interact with, then maybe I'll start caring like a little bit more because like right now I think pioneer still needs some brand new cards and that will happen over time. Like the format is already way more exciting to me than it was uh, like once all the band stuff settled down. Yep. So it's been getting better and I think it will only get better, but like right now consider has, really brought the delve problem to the forefront. And I think that was probably just going to happen. It was a matter of time, really, you know, uh, treasure cruise probably should have gone a while ago. should probably be gone now. I don't know if you want to make an argument for like temporal trespass as well. Uh, I'm basically fine with banning whatever time walk. I don't care if it costs 30, you know, right there with you. You know how I feel about time walks, but at the moment in pioneer, I wouldn't do anything. I, I really would leave it as is. I think people are coming around naturally to the format. I think you're exactly right that as it expands, it will only get better. The Delve stuff has potential to be a problem. We've known that from, I mean, that's never been a question, right? From day one, we knew it was risky with Dig Through Time and Treasure Cruise. It's been mostly okay. Like, I, I still have this nagging sense that I should always be doing one of those things. It's, if I'm it's going not to okay, Brian. Here. Brian, it's not okay. Just because everyone says that Brainstorm's okay doesn't make it okay. I, I know And just that. because everyone says that like Dreadhorror Arcanist should be banned doesn't mean it should be banned. <sighs> you're you're telling me right now that you're like, you're looking at it, you're seeing it, you're just like, this doesn't seem okay, but like, ah, oh, it seems fine. It's like, no, go with your gut, man. You know what's right. Mm, all right. You you gave me the keys to the castle, Vantress. I oh my god, shut up! Dude. I will cut. I will cut my losses now, and let's just get rid of dig through time and treasure cruise. You remove right. all the delve cards from the format, and I you think, want all like you don't want murderous cut to be around, like uh the three blue cards. Okay, and I think Phoenix is still good, and I think that control decks can just memory deluge or whatever, and I think that they're still good, or like not not good. They're always like tier two, but. They'll, they'll still be tier two. So you remove Ancestral Recall from the format. The format remains relatively the same, except it doesn't feel super busted. That That's a net positive. What a, I mean, in this theoretical exercise, we're, we're not considering, for the most part, we're just trying to make the best format. We're not super tied up in 
player response. What is the player response if you cut these cards? Do you think there is enough longevity in the archetypes that are being removed from that people aren't going to care all that much and they just move on to the next thing and that's what makes it safe right now I guess, as opposed to when things get more focused around these cards i guess ascendancy is the the main thing where it's like without the one mana draw three yeah you're probably work. not a deck but also it's not like that deck plays a bunch of bad stuff right it plays cards that are worth money and can go in other things so yeah i don't think it's that big of a deal here's here's the other thing i'm sorry i don't mean to cut you off no it's good I, I I, th- I think there is a onus on action now. If if we ever make it out of the current mess that we're in and like start, you should playing. you should ban before you ask for a buy in on the format. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 right now we're in like a formative stage where we're hoping to get back to maybe playing some competitive magic again. There's no organized play. Everything's completely backburnered. So you sort of have free reign, and you don't have to respect the cries as much of oh they banned my deck away because like who has bought a new pioneer deck in the past six months i mean i know some people have i've I've seen people do it but it's a smaller number than you would usually expect and especially if you can preserve most of the decks that are in the format i i think you've twisted my arm a little bit here and i've come around to your way of thinking just just do it now because it's going to happen at some point it's almost impossible it doesn't right like we knew it was a matter of time after like all the initial bannings, it was like, oh, are you going to get rid of Cruz? Are you going to get rid of Dig? Are you going to get rid of both? And they're just like, nah, nah, nah. And it basically keeps being a problem or like being in, you know, one of the best decks, whether or not you want to define that as a problem or not. But then consider happens and it's like, oh, yeah, like you're almost certainly supposed to be doing something with those cards, right? And it's like, well, you know, the win rate's only like 55% or whatever. And it's just like, you're you're just making up excuses and it's going to get worse before it gets better. And assuming that this ask to join the format ever happens, it is way better to just do it now. And yeah, the, the longer it goes on, the worse it gets. So just do it now. I don't, I don't care if you don't have a reason. It's just like, it's, you know, it's bad for the format. Get rid of it. Good argument. You brought me to your team. That's not where I started. I, I would have went no changes, but uh, I think you've presented your case well. I'm with this, you. This is, this is co- again, you know, coming from someone who likes to cast treasure crews, right? Yeah, like, same. I'm, I'm trying to be impartial here. The one thing on this ban list, like the ban list looks awesome, right? Because all the cards, I'm just like, yep, busted, 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 whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then you get the ley line of abundance and it's like, I know it makes a bunch of mana, but it also does the thing where it just makes it so your deck has to kill the one drop. And I don't think that's a bad thing. So maybe that card is fine, but uh, I'm, I'm basically only saying that because like the devotion decks don't show up a whole lot. And also right. I think that you could just get rid of Nykthos, but... Yeah. yeah, you've also hit those devotion decks in multitudinous ways recently. Like they have, they have had some of their tools taken away from them. So maybe it's okay to inject them back in the format. I, I thought they were pretty net positive. There's also stuff like burning tree emissary. Like again, if you want to talk like broken candidates that could be removed, yes, you could, yeah, you could go after something like that very easily. So uh, the other thing is, I know it's maybe not a huge problem, but just delete companions. Look, I mean. I, w- I would love to do that in every format ever. I wish they never existed. And the reality is they do. And they probably should be played somewhere. Again, sort of like the museum of the game idea. And uh, you're already added three mana to them. Like, what more can you do to these cards? And gr- I, I still know they are among the best things to be doing for sure. But it's it's hard to go after them much harder than plus Three freaking mana. I know. It's to so make much. them still some of the best cards in Magic. Unbelievable. Yeah, dude, you you nailed it. You saw it coming. 
Uh, I think in Pioneer, Urian creates like these novel decks in a lot of instances that are kind of interesting, but also those decks could probably just exist without Urian and be fine. So yeah, they're they're all great that they're there until you get to the Urian endgame, right? And then you're just like, uh, this again, the ridiculous draw five attached to the body that starts outside the game. And it, it is interesting that it has both inspired creativity and sort of blunted it simultaneously, like just by virtue of being the best thing to do in so many scenarios. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Next uh, format. Yeah. I'm, I'm done with Pioneer. I've said my piece. I, I think it's good. I think Pioneer is good right now, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Changes. changes I, I, I think Pioneer is good. The gameplay looks good. Uh, if it if it came on Arena, that would be a good thing. Yes. All right. Big stuff. Talking about modern now, baby. A lot of cards that I've had on a modern kind of like watch list where it's like, maybe this is not in a deck that has been super busted at a point, but it's only a matter of time before it becomes a focal point of those sorts of decks. And uh, one of the cards that was on that, that watch list for a long time was Simeon Spirit Guide, and that one finally got the axe. Yep. Other one, Metamorphose, and I think uh, Mishra's Bobble is up there as well, although you could make an argument that without Luris, Bobble is doing like more good than harm, but I'm not convinced yeah. about that. Yeah, okay. Like Artifact decks should have some sort of enabler. Right. And it, it does help with a lot of things, but whatever. So what, what do you got for me? I, I need, I need some hard moves here. Give me, give me your, give me your bands. What's coming off. All right. I, I kind of want to read this entire ban list, but it's pretty long. So it's I don't, your show. I mean, you do whatever you want. Uh, no, nah, we're, we're, we're 56 minutes. So I think, I think we're good. I'm not going to read the entire thing, but things that kind of stood out to me as, and granted, like the format's in a super weird place because all the MH2 stuff, like if we were having this discussion pre-MH2, it would probably be different. Yes, I agree with that wholeheartedly. But yeah, we're kind of in, in a weird slash bad place uh, in the way that the format is configured. Although I think that second to Pioneer Modern is in like one of the best places. It's just like really weird. Um, but anyway, uh, Birthing Pod, GTA, Cloudpost, and Glimpse of Nature, I think would be fine on bands, not in the way that like, oh, it doesn't like mess up the format. It doesn't do anything. It's just taking up space on the ban list. I think that they would all have an impact. And I'm not sure if that impact would be good, but in the case of things like Cloudpost, I kind of want to force people to have to interact with lands. And Cloudpost is easily more beatable than Tron because it usually comes online turn four, not turn three. So it gives you like a little bit more time to set up, a little bit more time to present a clock, maybe assemble your combo, find your LD spell, whatever it is. So I, I would be fine with that. The problem is that like when you have cloud posts and like the stuff is going, like the game is over, over. It's not like, oh, I kill your corn and you're like kind of out of gas or whatever and maybe I can still win. So that is definitely a problem. Glimpse creates the same kind of tension where you basically have to kill their elf on turn one. And I think that that is a fine place to be in modern. And we're basically already there with Regavan anyway. Uh, Gta is pretty similar to things like Punishing Fire or Asmore, where it invalidates creature decks. I just don't think it would see a ton of play. And the creature decks also aren't seeing a ton of play. And like, maybe this would be good in creature decks. I don't know. I don't know. Those three are like potentially kind of dangerous, but also like pretty safe with how the format is. And then Birthing Pod, I'm pretty sure would just be like a good archetype and it should exist. 
we are mostly aligned, except I just wouldn't make the move on the three cards you mentioned previously. I agree with your assessment of them. I think they are all low upside, though. I, I don't think they actually do the work to make the format better. And to me, the goal of modern hasn't been to have as many cards off the ban list as possible. It's just to make the best format you can. I, I am not sure that any of those cards actually push in your direction because like you said, a lot of what they're doing is duplicative. And I agree, like your stated goals are very good, but like cloud post is somewhat duplicative of, of Tron glimpse is weirdly somewhat duplicative of Ragavan. So I am less inclined to take that route, but I think birthing pot is right on the money. I think it's just, we've gotten so many tools to interact with creatures in modern uh, things like solitude, dress down, just very, very strong cards that are so, so good at interacting with this card. And I think the games this deck inspired were really fun. They were really good games of modern. They were about creatures. You remember the times the deck combos off. If anything, it was a slight majority of the games. Most of the games were played much more fairly, much more cleanly. And especially given the tools we've gotten, I think there's room to introduce that back into the format. So I am all for Birthing Pod coming off the list. The other stuff... I, I wouldn't do it all at once. Like I don't, I don't want too much noise in the system yeah, when I'm fair. adding new stuff. So I, I would just lean birthing pod now, but I am okay with all of your suggestions. I, none of them really raise my ire, but neither of us has a, a ban right now, right? Nothing well, that you're really looking to get. I mean, you had your, your watch list, but you don't think any of those raise to the level of action, right? No, I mean, the problem right now is Bobble alongside Luris. And then kind of similarly to Pioneer, like Urian is mostly fueling like fair stuff that's okay but if we deleted companions i would not be upset yeah i i'm never going to argue pro companion i mean it's it's a big move and it feels like they have to be somewhere but yes and i would shed zero tears if companions were gone i would i would ban luris i think that that would be net positive to the format because it incentivizes the decks to not be as homogenized okay so right now it's like i don't know you can, i i guess you saw like more a little bit like before where it was just like, all right, you play Luris, that means that your deck starts with some bobbles, and then you can't play Street Wraith, but you you can still play Death Shadow, it's just like less explosive. And then Death Shadow comes along with like four Thoughtseize, maybe a Dismember yep. or whatever, right? And the all the, the, the text on the Luris does, because the card pool is so big, is just make it so like all the decks look the same, versus like, well, if you wanted to play like, Rakdos versus like Jeskai and you wanted to both be like Ragavan decks, like that would still look like very different. Mm. And you kind of see some of that with like Murktide versus Rakdos or whatever. Right. But like when you get into like, well, I sort of want blue disruption and I want to play Luris because it's better than Murktide, which is correct. Then you play like Rixis. So I think that right now the, the format is like super homogenized in that specific like set of sub archetypes, just like the disruptive creature aggro thing. Yeah. And that is net bad for the format and Luris is busted. So I would just get rid of that. And like you could touch Bobble, but Luris is still the problem. They're still going to play. It. It's still going to be very good. And yeah, I, I would have Luris way above Bobble for, for my money. Yeah. Same. And I mean, at least for now, it's like, it's kind of like all binary to me where it's like a lot of these cards just like cause problems and we'll have to go at some point. And that's sort of how I look at them. But if you're just like, oh, you can only ban one card, I would just ban Luris. But with regards to the unbanned stuff, I think it's reasonable to want to have the ban list be as small as possible. 
I think that it is worth exploring these things, but it shouldn't be like a focal point, like a, a main priority to see if like GTA is like actually fair enough to come off or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it, if you're just like, well, it could potentially cause problems, so we'll just keep it banned. Like that, that's fine with me. Yeah, I think it's just a risk reward scenario. And in all those cases, the reward seems very small to me, whereas Birthing Bot actually has some reward uh, of both a new archetype and one that inspires a, a type of play that I think is net positive for the format. So. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's a way to incentivize people to not play with Luris, first of all. Yep. And you're encouraging like creature combat and for people to play with creature removal or ways to interact with creatures or whatever. Although you probably have a, a main deck Luris, I bet. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's interesting. That's still cool, though. I mean, I'd, I'd rather see Loris in any context other than companion, yes. you know? Yep, same. And I think that there are potential combo setups that people have not explored because it's been on the ban list for so long and so many cards have come out. And it's possible that the best version of Birthing Pod isn't like Siege Rhino Fair deck, which would suck. And I agree that Solitude Dress Down help a lot in that regard. I'm not sure it would be enough. It's just like, yeah, there are cards that are good against like Felidar Sahili, but like the deck eventually morphs in such a way where like they just don't care about it, whatever you're yep. trying to do, right? And I, yep. I would expect Pod to be able to adapt the same way. So it's possible that you would have to look at, you know, maybe banning one of the combo creatures or something, like whatever mm. it ends up being. Yeah. Um, but I, I think people could mostly adapt. And like, we're also talking about like a turn four combo or something. So who cares? Right. Right. That's what I come back to is like, it's, it's optimal mode, even unchecked is like slow enough at this point uh, and interactable with no mana. So all those things pile up to me being ready to go on birthing pod. This one also might be slanted a little bit towards my all-time favorite modern deck too, which was birthing pod. So I'll, I'll take the heat on that one. I am incentivized to make this one work, but I do legitimately think it works. Yeah. Pod was the one card that I never really played with a ton. So it was harder and harder for me to pick up as time went on because like sure. other people were better with it. And I would have to like memorize what was at every CMC in my deck. And it was just, you know, obviously that stuff changes week to week too. So you have to keep up on that. It's just like, I don't know. It was kind of hard for me. Yeah. No, I get that. The the Abzan stuff could be very straightforward, but the the real cool stuff that Birthing Pod did was Kiki Jiki, which is weird because like that's a harder combo kill and could certainly win through other areas, but just like the mad science you could get up to with the Kiki Pod decks was so out there. It was it was wild. Yeah. And I don't know, even like the the Vanifar stuff that showed up later it was like, sure, well, here's yeah. this 12 piece chain that eventually wins the game if you have an amount of mana plus whatever on board already. It's like, get out of here. Yep. I don't want to do that. Yeah, it's it's work for sure, but it's very rewarding. Yeah, I believe that. I, I just don't want to play KCI. You know, I want to do all the stuff up until the point where you win the game. Right? Like <laughs> that's, that's all the fun stuff. And then it's like, yep. if, I, if I ever had a win, I would just want like the bell to ring, you know? Yeah. Stop, stop beating him. He's already dead. Well, I would want it to tell me, right? Because it's like, I would probably just like draw some more cards and pass the turn or whatever. <laughs> Play it safe. Why take the risk? Yeah, I think uh, Splinter Twin might be fair, but would homogenize the format some. And I am more sympathetic to the cards that could potentially create something new. Like Glimpse would create a new deck, right? And yep. I think that that would be cool. Whereas Twin would just like delete six decks. Yeah, I- 
the problem is that the deck deck, like, I think what you want is legacy elves. I think what you get is like Memnites. Cheerios. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so I, I'm not sure that's going to be all that fun. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, I definitely built like some back Genesis chamber decks and obviously like, that doesn't work with glimpse or whatever, but uh, yeah, the, the potential is there for there to just be like a bunch of busted zero mana stuff and like a grape shot or something. I don't know. But like, yep. you don't have spirit guide anymore. So like that stuff does seem uh, harder. That's true. That is, that is true. So I don't know. I would like the old extended elves deck to be a deck. Like, you know, give Same. me symbiote and hive master and all of yep. that stuff. And maybe that's like a little bit too much with the elves that we have now with glimpse, you know, but if elves was like a best deck in modern right now would you care like i don't think so no i think that would be good some of some of the most enjoyable games of magic i've ever played have been against elves i I rarely played elves i was always on the other side but i always appreciated playing against uh good elves pilot in both extended and legacy i thought it was yeah always a great match yeah same so I, i would actually be fine with that as long as it's not oppressive and as long as you're packing like enough spot removal you're usually okay like spot removal card drawing the occasional sweeper like it's not that terrible I agree with you. And Cloud Post, I think, is mostly more fair than Tron. So it, it could come off, but yeah, maybe it doesn't add a whole lot. I'm just trying to get it down to the the optimal number of cards, not like just guessing at like what is busted and what is not. Sure, that that's a fine goal. I think that's a completely reasonable approach. And, you know, stuff like Punishing Fire is kind of like whatever because stuff like Asmore has already pushed those decks out of existence anyway. So I, I don't know about that card. I think that it's fine. Things have mostly outscaled it. it. It's probably okay, even if it... Like, I have gone on record as saying, like, you know, this card is, like, horribly punishing. Uh, God, we got to stop with the unintentional puns. Man. I know. It uh, just happens. What, I mean, what what's a... Give me a th- thesaurus. Strongly disincentivizes Playing small, small creatures. creatures, right, yeah. yeah. But, like, everything's doing that already. There's yes. Fury and Asmore and like, who cares about a GTA, right? Like all your stuff is dead. Yeah. I think we are already good at doing that, but that that's another reason for me, like not to bring punishing fire back is that yeah, those you, things I want to incentivize, right? right? Like I, I, I do want too. us to be better at that. I would want to scale it in the other way, but I also don't think that you could like ban Asmore or ban Fury no, or whatever. I, so agreed. We're kind agreed. of just so, there. Yeah. It probably doesn't do much, but, uh, yeah, with with your mindset of the smallest ban lips ban list possible, I would t- take off punishing fire. With mine of you know, find good play experiences, curate them a little bit. I would leave it where it is. Yeah, I want elves and humans and merfolk to all be viable in modern. That's yep. that's basically where I want to end up. Agreed. Uh, any thoughts of your own that are not about the stuff that I talked about? No, I uh, no, I think that covers it for modern for me. Formats and again, like you said, good place, solid, solid, just not ideal. It'll be tough to ever like. I think ideal is only going to come by addition at this point. It's harder to do it by subtraction. That's probably true. And that's that's a tall task. And I think Modern Horizons did a really good job of it. Modern Horizons two certainly way better than Modern Horizons one. Uh, I think asking for Modern Horizons three would be playing with fire. And you never know what you're going to get. Oh, dude, we're I, getting it for sure, though. You know that. I, I would certainly assume so. I would be shocked if we didn't. I, so my only problem with MH2 is that things like Solitude, Ephemerate, Fury, Asmore, just kind of like made the problems worse. And I think that 
what MH2 did with like Enchantress in Reanimator is just rad. So I don't know. Some of it I wish that we could just like undo and walk back, but there's also some of it where I'm like, I see the upside to these things, you know? Yeah. I, I think the free spells in, in particular were cognizant of the fact, again, the you have to do it by addition, not subtraction. Yeah. And that if, That's if true. you didn't allow the format to interact in this way, it was just going to, it could never be interactive again, basically. Yeah. And I think they solved that problem in a very smart way. On to standard, possibly the last format we're going to talk about, even though this, Magic this is the, This is the big one. This is this is the one that- Is it? Because uh, I don't well, care. I could just like leave right now and right, I, I'd be fine with this. You don't care because this has been mismanaged. That's why you don't care. You should care. You should care about this more than anything else. From Go back and listen to an Arena Deckless episode from three years ago. And this was almost all we cared about. It was so important. And the fact that this has been blundered is it's reflected in our attitudes towards the format. No, we don't care. You're, you're absolutely right. But I also feel like, I don't know, you ban a couple cards and the problem is probably not solved. It's like a systemic issue. Obviously, COVID has a lot to do with it. And like if I were playing tournaments weekly, things would probably be different. And maybe they would handle this stuff differently. But like a lot of it too is just like you schedule the big tournaments for dead formats a lot of the time, you know? So part of it is like OP dying. Part of it is uh, like, let's just keep printing time walks, you know? So like, there's a lot of things. Oh, wait, we got to talk about this one. Next set championship. It's, it's alchemy. It's, it's a mixed format. Alchemy historic mixed. But not with the new alchemy set. Does not appear it will have the newest alchemy set from Kamigawa, meaning that is a format that will be immediately invalidated after it is played, if not even before it's played. Like it may exist. They they do deck submission two weeks before. So maybe they do deck submission. The new set comes out. Yeah, just an absolute disaster. That shows exactly what you're speaking of in terms of why these things don't matter anymore. But here's my take on standard. If I am forced to be aware of economic constraints and the desire to prevent further alienation of a player base who has dealt with ban after ban after ban after ban, and I have to take a very measured and small approach, I think I could, with three bans, make standard a good format. If you take off those shackles and give me like seven bans, I think I can make a great format. And... I would just do that. I don't understand the incentive of not just asking us to play these just abysmal formats for extended periods of time. And at some point you will bear the cost of people not caring. It hasn't manifested yet. I promise. I promise it will in some way when you least expect it, when you most need it to not be there, the apathy will manifest and people will just be checked out of your product. And so where that leaves me right now, it, it, my quick fix without doing damage to people's pockets, you can't have Alrin's Epiphany in the format. People, whenever I seem to say this, they seem to be suggesting that I think Alrin's Epiphany beats everything. I don't think that. Listen, very clearly, I don't think that. I don't care whether Alrin's Epiphany is the best deck in the format. That is not important to me in this assessment. It shapes the entire format. It sucks a lot of air out of the room. And the problem is that and if you just got rid of for, for the wait and see folks, we waited and saw. We did. Okay. We did. You get it now, right? We did. And to be fair, some wait and see folks have conceded their position and, and they do get it. 
So that's good. But there's I'm, still folks. Since, who, since you were like trying to clarify your position, I just want to, you know, no, make I appreciate sure that, that. that like we did wait and see. You got to do yep. your own research. Are you happy? Yep. We, we waited it out. It was not good. And Alvin's Epiphany still shapes the metagame. Regardless of whether Naya is doing good on Magic Online, that's irrelevant to me. It's still very clear that this is the driving force. If it alone is removed, I think Holebreaker Horror will do the exact same thing. Or it's Lear. An, and I, it's, yeah, Lear of two, sure. I, I mean, I think you can, make, you can make that assessment if you combine it with all the removal and divide by zeros that Lear, Lear has access to. It is an oppressive endgame, and you need to be able to have diverse endgames. They can't be homogenized because standard has always been about moving towards those endgames. And you just can't invalidate half the format with one card. That's not a good look. And Holebreaker Horror, it would it would do it much more right now if it wasn't for Alrun's Epiphany. Alrun's Epiphany in some ways keeps it in check. They compete for a lot of the same space. If you just went after Alrun's Epiphany, though, I'm not convinced you would have a good format on your hands. And if you played any of the Alchemy Open, I bet you felt it. I bet you felt the Holebreaker Horror squeeze over there. And granted, it's like doing stuff like returning Key to the Archive to hand, but it doesn't matter what specifically it's doing. It's about what it's capable of. No, if you're not able to kill it or, you know, you just let them, like, play around for two or three turns, like, you're going to lose. It's it's game over. It doesn't matter if they're bouncing their own thing for value or what. Absolutely. So you have to, have to, have to get rid of those two cards, in my estimation. The third card that I would take just because I think you want to then balance things out a little bit in terms of what the aggressive decks have access to. It would be a Seekers Chariot. Card's just too punishing to play around. You could probably push this one by me, and I would live with a standard format that just removed Holbreaker Horror and Alwyn's Epiphany. It, it wouldn't be good, though. It would be passable. I think if you make these three moves, you can get to good. And then if you want great, I, I got to go after a bunch more stuff. So I... Maybe it's just unattainable to ever have a great standard again. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, you're saying like, oh, give me X amount of cards. I can make a good format. And it's like, well, with those three cards, like the format is better, but it's still not good where it's like, there's just like mono white, mono green, I, I think gold it's span play- dragon. I think it's playable. I don't think it's playable right now. I honestly don't yeah. find standard playable. And that's fair. I, I agree with that assessment. It's just like, there, there's so much more that you have to do and... I don't know. Again, I I've, I feel sort of like the same way with Pioneer, where it's just like there's not a lot of like cards or strategies that I'm excited to play. And I think some of that will be solved with addition over time. And for Standard, maybe that's true, too. Or maybe they're just like, yeah, you know, like we we really love mono green aggro and like want it to be a thing all season. And maybe it's just going to be like supported the entire season. And that sucks. We don't know what's going to happen. But yeah, you just need like more different things to be doing. And I think that some of this is it stuff was meant to be where, you know, Epiphany was like, it's, it's a mythic. It's aggressively costed. I I feel like they intended for this to see play, right. Maybe not in the like fork it kind of deck or whatever, Right. but there's, there's Lear, there's Hullbreaker horror. Like, is it something was supposed to be a thing? And when you take away all that stuff, like maybe is it dragons is still a deck, whatever. But it's not it's not fun. It's not exciting. It's just like a bunch of like mid-range cards and removal and card drawing and whatever. Like I just want to see like the sideways stuff, like the stuff that's supposed to be cool. And like yep. the sacrifice stuff is cool. It's more of what we've seen over the last few years, but just things like that, you know, where like the build around cards, I don't understand. I think they exist. I think they're just completely outclassed. 
by this this very linear stuff. Uh, if you want to know about like my next cards up, I think like Faceless Haven is the next card up. I think you can tolerate that card, but it is again format warping, and it certainly pushes you towards monocolored stuff. And I don't see the upside of having it when you have such a diverse suite of creature lands already available. Yeah, that's just, fair. Just not worth keeping around. So I would go after that. You know, you mentioned Leer. I think that's actually reasonable, which is wild to me, given what my expectations were of that card. Even, you know, being one of the early adopters of it, I, I still didn't expect it to homogenize things so aggressively and to basically telegraph endgames. Endgames are just inevitable in such a painful, boring, horrible way. And that's really what Standard has to shake out if it's going to reclaim its place as the premier format in Magic. But I... I honestly don't know if it's desirous of that goal. I think it's just kind of milking those wild cards and uh, that's fine until it's not. That's, that's all I will say about it. Yeah. What else? Is there anything, I mean, we're what, five, six cards deep or whatever. Are you touching Goldspan Dragon? Probably. Yeah. I mean, if you just take, if you take the handcuffs off, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's net positive. I think it snowballs way too hard. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I would have on my list. I, I might just go after uh, Galvanic Iteration. I like Expressive Iteration. I, I know that may actually be the best card in the Izzet decks, but if drawing two cards is the best thing you can do in a format, that's an okay place to be if everything around it is okay. So a Galvanic Iteration doesn't seem to me like it could ever get up to anything good. It's kind of destined to do nonsense throughout its, its existence. So I may target that. I just don't want... Kamigawa to have the wind sucked out of its sails by what exists presently. And that's exactly what happened with Crimson Vow. I went back and did my exit interview over on Star City about Crimson Vow, and it gave me a chance to go back and read my review. And I, I had Stormcarve Coast as my number one card. I said, the format is too linear for this to change anything. That's not to say these cards aren't good, but it's still going to be about linear aggro versus these top ends. And I think I was completely uh, proven right. And Kamigawa will face the same fate if something isn't done. And that's the clearest definition of rotting on the vine I can think of. Like you're just letting standard languish and something, something has to be done here. Kamigawa had a lot of build arounds the last time though. Uh, so maybe that will come through again. That would be certainly sweet. possible. Yeah. I would appreciate that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm not going to like, dive too deep on what the set could bring considering you know what's in the set for the most part so keep in mind though i am i am very old and very forgetful i know i i have noticed that some of the stuff i've i'm now seeing again i'm like oh yeah yeah that if you were to ask me like what's coming to influence standard i honestly couldn't answer that question basically since i stopped working on it i haven't gone back and and looked at the cards and i i like that i like being sort of surprised again and I think it brings some fairness to my coverage of the set. You also weren't looking at deck lists and doing FFL stuff. So Correct. you don't you don't necessarily know. But uh, I had the same experience when I worked on like cons and then left Wizards and then like previews were coming out and there were just like entire cards I kind of like just forgot about, you yep. know, or like I, I totally believe that decks now. that we had in FFL where, you know, cause, like I, I built hundreds of decks when I was there for six months, you know. So you, you just forget a lot of that stuff when it's not a thing that you think about every single day, right? It's just, it's inevitable. Some of it, maybe you're looking forward to, you know, it's like you, you remember the siege rhinos and, and dig through times and stuff like that, but not all of it. Yep. For sure. 
Well, I feel like there's maybe a timeline where we could do this show and just be like, oh, well, things are like mostly good. Uh, this ain't it, though. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, it's been a long time since that's been the case. I hope we can do that again in the future. That would be a great show to do. I guess one last, one last point, just touching on Alchemy and Historic and why we didn't talk about it. It's made up. And why would we talk BNR when theoretically stuff should just get changed, right? It shouldn't be banned or restricted at this point. It should just be a new card. And I think that's what we'll be dealing with for the future of that format. Maybe we'll come back in the future and do a, these cards should be nerfed thing and give you some potential nerfs. But I think talking about it in terms of whether the cards can exist in the format, I, I just don't think that's how alchemy and historic are going to be balanced anymore. Yeah. Also it, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. It's like you talk in terms of like standard or pioneer and like, you know, roughly along what parameters they're operating on, but historic, they could just be like, all right, force of will is legal now. And it's like, what? Okay, fine. No, absolutely true. We have no idea what is coming in that format ever. Also like historic is fine. And alchemy is supposedly going to get an update at some point. So like, that's also kind of silly to talk about. Uh, I wanted to report on the results of my poll that I posted about the alchemy open, which occurred last week, which we covered. And and we can close with this. Let's do it. I got I got a twelve hundred votes on this poll, so about ten percent of my followers interacted with it. And the question was, if you played the Alchemy Open today, how did you feel about the gameplay in the format? Ignore economy and format management. I didn't really want to talk about the wild card thing again. I just wanted to know yeah. how did people like the games. Five percent of the twelve hundred loved it. Twelve percent said it's okay. Eleven percent said they hated it. And 72% didn't play. Now, I assume most of the 11,000 or so people who follow me are they're here for the magic. I don't really offer much else to you. I don't know why else you would be here. Uh, and if you know who I am, you're not a casual magic player. I, don't, I just don't think it works that way. Like Casual magic players have no idea what I do, who I am. I don't think most of them are following me on Twitter. So I would expect I speak mostly to competitive magic players, lapsed competitive magic players, active competitive magic players, not a lot of buy-in from uh, my people. And I, I just thought that was very interesting. Maybe that means that we should have played because it was easy money. I don't care. I know. I'm, <laughs> I mean, just, I'm be, just saying. It's it like, could be the easiest money and you couldn't have talked me into playing that event. Yeah, it's like two days for a chance to win $2,500 or whatever. It's like I'm not probably not doing that, but. Right. Especially when it means I'm battling Hullbreaker horror mirrors all day. No, but you could be the one to do the breaking. Could have been you, Brian. You could be the breaker or the the brokey breaky breaky brokey. I don't know. Let's end the show before I say something else. Breaky Gottlieb. Game. Good luck.